Welcome to the newest addition to the Compliance Podcast Network, Survive and Thrive, a podcast co-hosted by Tom Fox, the Compliance Evangelist, and Courtney Nordrum, Regulatory Counsel and Chief Compliance Officer at Deluxe. This season on Survive and Thrive, we're talking about compliance disasters, which befell companies because they weren't looking at the right clues, had their collective heads in the sand, or did not expect the unexpected. If you want to know how to prepare for and avoid disasters from the compliance perspective, this podcast series is the podcast series for you. Survive and Thrive. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. Welcome to the Compliance Podcast Network's special series, Survive and Thrive, a podcast where we unpack compliance crises and disasters, walk you through the red flags, uh, which have appeared and give you lessons going forward. I'm your co-host, Tom Fox. And I'm Courtney Nordrum, Regulatory Counsel and Chief Compliance Officer for Deluxe. On this season of Survive and Thrive, we're talking about compliance disasters, the unpleasant situations companies find themselves in because they weren't looking at the right clues or didn't know what to look for at all. They had their heads in the sand or they hadn't yet figured out how to expect the unexpected. Today's episode is all about creating and maintaining a speak up culture at your organization. So no disasters today, uh, no emergency, but you get a call uh, to go to the CEO's office, which I'm sure it's like, oh, that happens all the time. Let me just go down and see see how he's doing. And he tells you on his reading list for the weekend, uh, he read two articles. One was a law review article, the evidence on the use and efficacy of internal whistleblowing systems, and an HBR HBR article, that's Harvard Business Review, throw out your assumptions about whistleblowing, both by Dr. Kyle Welch. And... uh, you explained to him that you have a hotline and the company's had one for 20 years, indeed, since it became a requirement. Uh, the CEO tells you, well, gosh, I really didn't know that. Is that public? Um, but what has intrigued him about these articles is, is they talk about financial returns and the financial benefits of hotlines. And he's very intrigued by this. And so he would really like to to move the needle in the company because he thinks that somehow uh, improving a hotline is going to improve ROI. And he says, uh, you know, I'd like your report back in 10 days on that. Uh, Now, you don't have to do it in 10 days, but you just like your report. So you go back to your office and, you know, it's not an emergency. So you got another cup of coffee. What the heck? Uh, Where do you start? Um. First, I explained the difference between correlation and causation to the CEO. (laughs) Because, um, yes, there is plenty of evidence that good hotlines and speak up culture happen at organizations that make more money and are more profitable. But I don't know that we could draw the direct line there. And so I would have that conversation um, in kind of a CYA effort to say, hey, I can help, but don't don't give me a number, please. Um, talking about speak up culture, though, I think the first thing, if you know you don't have a speak up culture, is to identify why. So we need to understand the source of the silence. We've had a hotline for 20 years in this scenario since SOX was passed. And 
having a hotline is not the same as having a speak up culture. So we need to figure out what people use the hotline for and what is not hitting the threshold of being serious enough to go to the hotline. Speak up culture is built on trust and everyone in your organization needs to understand and feel that when they report wrongdoing or potential wrongdoing, that those reports will be investigated and if needed, actions will be taken. So without this baseline of trust, speak up culture is, is a pipe dream. So I've talked before about trust in an organization and the importance of psychological safety. So we all have to work to create psychological safety in our orgs and whistleblower policies and, and generic communications just aren't good enough to change culture. Culture change comes from intention and actions, um, not generic corporate communications generally. So in, in my opinion, I think that there is a disconnect in most organizations between the employees on the front line and the senior management. And that disconnect makes it impossible for the frontline employees to build trust or psychological safety with senior management. And because of that, there's not gonna be trust. So because they can't develop that trust, in order to create a new culture, we need to engage the middle. We gotta target the middle. The middle is where the frontline folks go when there are problems. We know there's a fair amount of information and data that say when people have problems, they talk to their manager instead of calling the hotline or instead of calling the CEO or, or the compliance group. So target the middle. Those are going to be the most influential culture builders in your organization. Top down only goes so far when you don't have the trust in the psychological safety, particularly if you're changing culture. I, I think it's important that you wanna build a model of engagement with your middle managers. When I say middle managers, I mean everybody between senior leadership and frontline. It's also really, really imperative that as an organization, you're encouraging trans transparency, and then you're actually listening. So if you say we're going to be have a speak up culture, you, we're going to engage, we're going to be there, we're going to have these town hall sessions, and then people come and they pour their hearts out, you have to actually listen to them and then respond to their concerns. People need to feel heard. If, if you have all of these sessions and you build this engagement, but you don't lis listen and take action, then it's all going to be for nothing because culture change is based on actions. It's not based on dreams, right? It's, it's based on actually showing your organization that you're gonna do what you say. So transparency is important, listening is important. Give people a place to go to ask questions and to speak up, right? And, and I think it's important to have informal places as well. Middle managers also play a big part here because hotlines tend to be a last resort. Employees use them when they think they've exhausted all of their other options. They're frustrated, they're sad. No one has listened to them. And so they're blowing it up and calling the hotline. 
So I think it's important when you're building a new culture to create options to have concerns addressed faster and, and possibly less formally. Make it a conversation culture rather than things having to escalate to the point where someone feels the need to reach out to the hotline. So I probably actually should have started with this question, but uh, when your CEO started talking about return on investment, do you view that or did you view that as a positive that you now have your CEO seeing compliance as it's not simply a, <clears throat> the land of no populated by Dr. No or the Department of uh, Business Prevention, but actually as a not not so much as a part of the team, but as a business process that properly used, you can drive uh, engagement, you can drive greater business efficiency, actually leading to uh, greater ROI. Is that something you want to be able to have a conversation with uh, your CEO around? I think it is absolutely, but I also want to be careful uh, for what I'm wishing for, because in corporate America, as soon as you get ROI attached or uh, a, a number attached savings, then you're going to be driving towards the numbers or toward the numbers. And so I wanna make sure that we are showing our value very clearly to our leadership. This is how we prevent fines. This is how we add value to the company, how we provide meaningful um, avoidance of issues on top of providing culture that really helps drive engagement and, and profitability. But I also want to be very careful of the line of we're compliance. We are not trust or we are not in charge of making money for the company. And so we don't want to conflict ourselves by having the obligation to make money or or perform some sort of return on the investment for our dollars. So in some ways, I really want leadership, the board and the CEO to include me and, and talk to me like a valued business partner. But I also want to be very clear that you're going to keep giving me dollars and I'm not going to be responsible for a dollar amount coming back on the balance sheet. So Courtney, you write your memo, you present it to the CEO, you have persuaded him as well as you have persuaded me uh, that a it's not about having a hotline, it's about having a true culture around Speak Up. And now let's fast forward one year. And as part of your annual review, your boss uh, asked you to create a memo around what can we do to maintain our system as opposed to create it. So everyone has really appreciated what you've created, but how do you maintain a speak up culture? So we gotta walk the walk, people. <laughs> we talk about it a lot in compliance, but the say do ratio has to be really, really high and it has to be consistent. We're going to do what we say we're going to do. And for speak up culture to last and to be maintained, it has to be a priority. So. It has to not be a one-time thing. It has to be an ongoing priority. Things that are an ongoing priority, we also carve out time to train our leaders, right? We're gonna 
provide training for leaders at all levels and encourage them to have conversations. Organizations are like oceans. So if you take the temperature of, of the top six inches of the Pacific Ocean at any given time, it's not going to give you an accurate view of the temperature of the entire Pacific Ocean. And so you need to go deeper, even where if it going deeper means it's gonna be unpleasant and there's no oxygen and it's cold and there's the weird fish with like no eyes, that's where you gotta go. And you have to have conversations and you have to get into the real less pleasant pieces so that you can bring things to light and so that every person in your organization feels comfortable having a conversation with their manager or someone else. It's really about um, teaching people to talk to each other in a less superficial way. And this is my like, everybody hold hands, you know, we're all humans, high five, kumbaya, but talk to each other and, and ask what's going on? What are you concerned about? What are we doing right? What are we not doing well? And, and give time and energy to that. Also, I think it's important to share successes. Um, sanitize, obviously don't go blasting everybody's business or corporate business out to the world, but sanitize examples and share specific examples of how reports in the speak up culture has led to things getting better at the organization. Show that there are consequences to bad choices because there's two reasons people don't speak up. Number one, fear of retaliation which is real and, and really, really hard to overcome. And two is they don't think anything's gonna be done about it even if they do. Fear of retaliation, you have to walk the walk on that one. They have to see a sustained culture where speaking up is valued and not uh, poo-pooed and, and no one is retaliated against for good faith concerns. Two, you have to show that there are consequences to bad choices. And so when people are, are acting unethically, if they're breaking the rules, if they are doing things that they know that they're not supposed to be doing, then those people need to lose their jobs or be punished. And that has to be as public as the good things as well. I'm not saying we're doing a public hanging because we're not, but bad actors and, and Bad actors need to be punished and there need to be consequences to bad choices because that's what establishes credibility in the entire system. Well, Courtney, the, uh, I have a rallying cry for this podcast that I actually pulled from Dr. Welch's original paper and we're gonna link to those in the show notes. And that is overall litigation settlements of non-material matters dropped almost 20% over three years. And that was from having a true speak up culture and the other thing I would add is that he made clear in his paper that a speak up culture is not simply about compliance. It's not simply about violations. It's about having an idea and it's about having uh, the uh, culture which allows you to raise your hand and say, hey, I have a better way to build this mousetrap. And that not simply saying that, but having management who will listen to that and then that hopefully some tangible results would be seen. So you really laid out, I think, uh, in the structure of a speak up culture, how that can be used for much wider variety 
of uh, ways than to simply keep uh, a company out of trouble. But we are at the uh, end of our time for this episode. So Courtney, you want to take us home? Sure. Join us again for our next episode of Survive and Thrive. I'm Courtney Nordrum. And I'm Tom Fox. Uh, Thank you for listening and look forward to visiting with you again. Have you ever wanted to start a podcast? Do you have an idea which you think would be helpful to the compliance community? Do you have a great story to tell? If any of these are true, why don't you start a podcast and put it on the Compliance Podcast Network? I have partnered with One Stone Creative to create a end-to-end solution for you to tell your story on the Compliance Podcast Network. If you have questions, please email me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast, and more importantly, I hope you will tell your story with your podcast on the Compliance Podcast Network.